This is the Late Round Podcast with your host, JJ Zacharisa. What's up, everyone? It's JJ Zacharyson, and this episode 824 of the Late Round Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Thanks for tuning in. It was not a good sleeper show last week. In fact, it was one of the worst ones of the season. Calling out Josh Downs and his slot matchup, that was a big win. Taysom Hill was a good one, too. But mostly everything else kind of fell flat. Derek Carr was okay enough as a streamer, I guess, but Jaleel McLaughlin, Latavius Murray, Curtis Samuel, Wandale Robinson, not great. I've got to be better than that each week. I'm ready to turn things around here in week eight. I've only got one quarterback play for you this week, and it's a repeat of last week's in Derek Carr. He's still rostered in 10 to 50% of Yahoo leagues, which is the range that I look for with this tier of players. Carr gets Indianapolis. The Colts defense this season ranks fifth in offensive touchdowns allowed, and they're top half in the league in air yards per attempt allowed. They also are bottom half in the league in pressure rate. And the Colts have also given up the 10th most adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. According to FanDuel Sportsbook, New Orleans is a completely average team total on the week. So the matchup is a favorable one for Carr, and his team total is average. So he could give you some decent production this week. Let's move on to running back and talk about Devin Singletary. At the time of this recording, his percent roster number is up to 18%. So it's starting to climb, but it's still not nearly high enough. Post-buy, we might see Houston just go right back to how they split that backfield to start the year. It's very possible. But I'll state just one more time that in their game before the bye, we saw Houston's backfield shift. Devin Singletary saw 46% running back rush share. That was a season high. He had an 8.3% target share, another season high. He played 54% of Houston's snaps. That was a season high. If that trend continues, then Singletary is going to be usable in fantasy football. And this week, Houston gets Carolina. Only the Broncos have been worse against running backs and adjusted fantasy points allowed this year than the Carolina Panthers. And that's largely because of how bad Denver was against Miami earlier this year. So Singletary makes plenty of sense off the waiver wire this week. It sounds like Roshan Johnson could be back in week eight. And if he plays, he's also in play. He'd be an easier player to start had Deontay Foreman not gone off last week. But there's still some intrigue here. The Bears get the Chargers. They're eight and a half point underdogs. A negative game script, that potential, that could get Roshan Johnson on the field more than Deontay Foreman. Now, Foreman had a healthy target share this past week. It was 18%. But he actually didn't have the best route participation. In fact, Darrington Evans ran more routes than Deontay Foreman last week. Johnson had played that role before his injury, before the concussion. So if he grabs hold of it again this week and what could be a negative game script and really a decent matchup for running backs in general. But if he has that pass catching role, he could come through with a decent week. You could also look at Amari DiMarcado. The matchup against Baltimore, it's actually not that bad on paper. The Ravens rank as the 14th best matchup for running backs and adjusted fantasy points allowed. Now my fear with DiMarcado is that last week's usage just won't happen again this week. That's very possible. Because last week, he saw 93% of the team's running back rushes and a 15% target share. He was a bell cow back. Now again, they're facing Baltimore. At the very least, DeMarcado's likely to be the pass catcher out of that backfield. Because he's done that in each of Arizona's last three games. 
He's had route participation of 56% or better in each of those contests. So if that negative game script hits, DeMarcado should be on the field. But then there's the upside of him seeing 93% of the backfield rushes. That would really make him viable. And then the last running back in this tier is Daryl Henderson. It's a tougher matchup this week against a Dallas team that ranks 10th best against running backs and adjusted fantasy points allowed. But Henderson saw the most work for LA last week in that backfield. He ran the ball 18 times. Now, I do think it's a little bit premature to say that he's some sort of bell cow. But there's always the chance that they give him more work this week as he gets reacclimated to the NFL. So he's a fine RB3 type. Now, moving on to wide receiver, I talked about him on the 15 transaction show this week, but I feel like people have forgotten about Tank Dell a little bit. He hasn't played since week five, but he's already got multiple games with a 23% target share on the season. He should be back and ready to go. And I've got him projected in that 20% target share range. That means he's okay to throw into your lineup. Kendrick Bourne is still under the 50% rostered mark too. And he gets Miami in week eight. Miami ranks as the 12th best matchup in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And Bourne has played as a starter in each of his last three games. That wasn't the case from weeks two through four. He's seen target shares of 35.5% and 23.3% over his last two. And in a game that could feature New England throwing the ball more than usual, Bourne's a good play. To be honest, I didn't realize that he was still out there in so many leagues. Now, Curtis Samuel is right on the fringe in this tier, but I'm going to talk about him here because there aren't many good wide receiver options in this range. But Samuel gets Philadelphia this week, and that matchup could force more pass attempts to come from Washington. Philly also ranks ninth in percentage of targets funneled to the slot this season, so Samuel could take advantage there. I know that he kind of disappointed last week, but he saw his highest target share since week four. And that week four game just happened to come against the Eagles, where he got seven of eight targets for 51 yards. But like I said, in this range at wide receiver, there's not that many good options this week. I consider talking about Rashid Shahid, maybe Josh Reynolds. Maybe those are two options for you, but they weren't compelling enough. So we'll stick with those three. Now at tight end, Jake Ferguson, he's also right at that 50% mark, but he has a juicy, juicy matchup against the Rams. LA is the second best matchup for tight ends this season, according to adjusted fantasy points allowed. And Ferguson's hit a double digit percentage target share in all but one game this year. The last time we saw him, he had only a 3% target share, but he had a season high 86% route participation. It's a great spot for Jake Ferguson. And then there's Taysom Hill. Be on the lookout to see if Jawan Johnson goes this week because he could be back and that would hurt Hill's upside as a tight end because he's seen really high route participation over his last two games. If Johnson doesn't go, Hill's a legit low-end tight end one option with 13 targets over his last two games. And we know the touchdown potential is there for him. This next tier of players consists of guys who are rostered in 0-10% to of Yahoo leagues. So as usual, we're digging deep here. Now, I don't have a quarterback option for you this week in this tier. I could force someone like Mac Jones, but I'm not trying to force the issue with my advice. There's no one saying that I absolutely need to provide a sub 10% rostered quarterback here. So let's skip quarterback. Let's move to running back. First on the list, Pierre Strong. Jerome Ford's out with an ankle injury. That'll leave the Browns backfield to Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong. Hunt is who I personally prefer, but Strong's going to see plenty of looks. 
He actually played more snaps last week than Kareem Hunt did. Hunt, though, was the leader in route participation by a pretty decent margin. So while Strong can work in a pinch, Hunt looks to be the safer bet against Seattle. It's at least a beatable defense, though. I think there's a chance that Jeff Wilson gets more work in Week 8 than he had in Week 7. But I think that we have to recognize that he didn't play as the RB2 for Miami this past week. That was Savan Ahmed. Ahmed had a 37% snap rate. He almost ran the same number of routes as Raheem Mostert. And he was the only non-Mostert running back on that team to see a touch on the ground. Miami has an easier setup this week for their running backs against New England. If they pull out to a lead in that game, Ahmed might see a little bit of work. So I currently prefer him to Jeff Wilson because of what we saw in week seven. But when it comes to backup running backs, coaching decisions, they can change pretty quickly. So keep that in mind. Now, at wide receiver, Demario Douglas is intriguing in that exact same game. I talked about him on the 50 transaction show this week, but he saw 20% target share for New England in week seven and had by far his best route participation. He's got the highest yards per route run by far in the Patriots this year. So in a game that could force a lot of throws, like I said with Kendrick Bourne, Douglas could be workable. Now, a player who I think should be getting a lot more love this week in the fantasy space is Jawan Jennings. Without Debo Samuel last week, Jennings hit a 31% target share. He out-targeted Brandon Ayuk 9-6. The reporting around Debo Samuel's injury, it makes it seem like he's not going to go this week, which means Jennings will probably see a similar role. And they get Cincinnati, an above-average matchup and adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. So I think Jennings is actually a solid start. And then the tight end in this tier, Trey McBride. I wasn't able to talk about McBride on the 15 Transactions episode because news broke about Zach Ertz being placed on IR after that episode dropped. But McBride needs to be on your radar. Arizona's ranked second in tight end target share this season. Now, obviously, that's with Zach Ertz and Trey McBride both being healthy, but it's still noteworthy. Even though Ertz has been really inefficient this season, they were still giving him a healthy 19% target share. McBride has seen his route participation increase over his last two games, but he's still been playing fewer than 60% of Arizona's snaps. That's going to jump up a lot without Zach Ertz, and that's going to make him a pretty good volume play moving forward. So I think he's a legitimate high-end tight end too this week. Now at defense for week eight, I mentioned Atlanta on the 15 transaction show. They definitely work against Will Levis and a poor Tennessee offensive line. In that same game though, you could actually look at the Titans defense. The game is a 37-point over-under, and the Falcons are the seventh-best matchup in adjusted fantasy points allowed for defenses. But there's also the Chargers. They get the Bears and their eight-and-a-half-point favorites. And while Chicago looked okay last week, let's give that some context. They face the Raiders, and they face Brian Hoyer. This game is in LA. The Chargers are a pretty safe option. That's it for today's show, though. Thanks to all of you for listening. If you've yet subscribed to the Late Round Fantasy Football Podcast, make sure you are by searching for it pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at LateRoundQB. Thanks for listening, everyone. As usual, I greatly appreciate it. I'll talk to you tomorrow with the Mailbag Show and then another episode of Late Round Perspectives.